Praise the Lord. You all are looking great today. Everybody feeling good? Everybody get a good nice rest last night? That's awesome. I fell asleep listening to Miss Lynette Hagen. She has a wonderful CD on peace, and I tell you, it just put me right out. It was wonderful, wonderful. By the way, uh, we've got a little list of confessions that we have made uh, for you to be in agreement with us. We've all got the spirit of faith. And on this, we talk about souls being saved, bodies being healed, people being filled with the Holy Spirit, and lives being changed by the Word of God. Let's pray as we approach the Word this morning. Father, thank you so much for utterance that is given only by you. Lord, I thank you that it is not by might, not by power, but it is by the Spirit of the living God. And so, Father, I ask today that you would use me to bring a good word to deposit into the hearts of your precious people. And, Lord, for this I give you all of the glory and all of the praise, for it's in Jesus' name that I pray and everyone that agreed said amen. Amen. Well, in the Old Testament, there was somewhat of an obscure man who overcame what appeared to be a a destiny that included pain, disease, and defeat. But instead, he became a man of faith. His name was Jabez. Any person in his position would have quit, would have resigned themselves, and said, there's just absolutely nothing that can be done about my situation. Maybe you have been there in your life. Maybe you are there today. But I want to invite you this morning to let God's word dwell in you. And may the entrance of his word give you light. And as the lights come on for you, I believe that your faith will arise and that your hope will arise and you will leave this place with a new perspective. Now, names in the Bible... They carried great significance. In many instances, a name would communicate a message about that person's life. For example, Abram, his name meant high father. And God changed his name to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. And you can see that in Genesis 17, 5. Where he says, neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations, I have made thee. The name Moses, for example, means to be drawn out. In Exodus 2.10 we see, and the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, because I drew him out of the water. And so Moses, throughout his life, as he would hear his name called, he would be reminded of where he came from, and how that God divinely appointed him to be drawn out of the water. The name Joshua, for example, means Savior. Savior. And so Joshua, that name means that he was the one that brought the children of Israel into the promised land. Now the name Jabez 
is not what you would call a world overcoming name. I want you to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 4, if you would, this morning. And look with me at verse 9. And the Bible says, And Jabez was honorable than his brethren, more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, because I bore him in sorrow. The word Jabez means sorrow. It means trouble. It means pain. I believe that names can affect people's lives. We don't see much about Jabez's lives, but I can imagine when he was young that he was convinced that his destiny would always be confined and limited to weakness, sickness, and pain. For his very name spelled it out. Now, I also believe that somewhere, somehow in Jabez's life, he must have heard about the unlimited power of the great Jehovah God, the God of Israel. He may have had a prophet come through town and tell how that God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt with signs, wonders, and miracles. He may have heard about God's miracle water coming forth out of the rock. Or how that God rained down manna and quail from heaven to feed them. Jabez may have heard how that the children of Israel were brought out with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble among their tribes. Jabez may have heard in Deuteronomy 29 verse 5 it says for 40 years I fed you through the desert during that time your clothes and your shoes never wore out how would you like to have your clothes and your shoes never wear out I believe that when Jabez somehow some way heard of the goodness of God, that faith rose up on the inside of him. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? Does faith come by hearing stories? Does faith come by hearing religion taught? No, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And one day, the light came. Some way. Somehow. Jabez said, you know what? I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I am done with this kind of life. I am going to rise up and look to the same God That I've heard about. One day Jabez realized that all things are possible to him that believeth. And when Jabez heard the truth. He rebelled against the devil's lie. When Jabez saw God's light. He rebelled against the darkness. When Jabez saw God's life. 
he rebelled against that disease and death. Come on, somebody. When Jabez saw God's liberty, he rebelled against bondage. He turned his eyes from where he came from to what he had been called his entire life. He turned his eyes to the great Jehovah God. Jabez, as a result of being sick and tired and being sick and tired, he cried out to God. Aren't you glad that you serve a God that you can call on? In the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your pain, we serve a God who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Notice with me in verse 10 of 1 Chronicles chapter 4. I want you to read that with me. Ready, read. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be upon me and that you would keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Jabez called upon God and he said, God, bless me indeed. But he didn't want to just be blessed. He wanted his coast. He wanted his territory to be enlarged. How many of you could use more blessing in your life? How many of you could use an enlargement of territory in your life? Woo, glory to God. He said, deliver me. From this confining fear, from this defeat, from this defeat and this pain. He said, enlarge my territory. And so Jabez rose up and God granted his request. I love that. He said, that's it for me. I'm going to God because I know where the answer lies It is in him. So Jabez, he turned his destiny. And you know what? You can do the same thing. Now we're not under the same covenant as Jabez. We are under the new covenant. Can you say amen? Amen. But there are some principles that I see in the word of God here that we can see clearly and we can apply in our lives. For instance... Don't let the world name you what God has not named you. Look at the neighbor and say, don't let the world do it. Don't let the world system call you what God has not called you. Refuse to be labeled by that world's system. How many of you know that we're living in this world, but thank God we're not of this world. The world system has a tendency to weigh people down. The world system has a tendency to tell you there's no way that you can do that. You don't belong here. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You're too tall, you're too short, you're too wide, you're too slim. Your IQ is not high enough. 
The world's system, quite frankly, stinks. Because the world's system is not based on our Heavenly Father. The world's system is based on the God of this world. Satan is the illegitimate God of this world. And for every truth found in the Word of God, he will twist it and tell you the exact opposite of it. So when he tells you you are poor, you ought to immediately say, I'm rich. When he tells you you can't, you ought to immediately say, I can. When he tells you you're sick, you ought to immediately say, I am the healed. When he tells you that you're rejected, you automatically know, that's right, Edward, that I'm accepted in the beloved. I refuse the spirit of Antichrist. You see, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The reason why you can excel in life and rise above what this world system says you can't do is because of the Lord Jesus Christ who has already raised you and made you, made you sit together with Him. What's in a name? There's an image in a name. There is vision and there's destiny in a name. Don't let the world name you. Let God's word label you. Let God's word imprint you. And so what we need to do then is say what God said. See, some of us And some of you need to change the way you're talking. What do you mean the way I'm talking? I mean the way you're talking about yourself. Change the image of yourself from the inside. We could say there are people here today (laughs) that need a name change. I'm not talking about Bill the Bob. I'm not talking about Sue to Mary. I'm not talking about Mark to Thomas. I'm talking about victim to victor. I'm talking about loser to winner. I'm talking about unrighteous to the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about, oh, I feel so incomplete to I am complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. Learn to declare good things over your life. How many of you know if you're negative and critical toward yourself, your own words can stop God's best plan for coming to pass in your life. Stop being so hard on yourself. God's not hard on you. God loves you. He has labeled you with every good thing which is in Christ Jesus. He has labeled you a new creation in Christ. He's labeled you his very own. And so what's important for us to learn then is we need to learn a different kind of language. The world has a language. 
But the redeemed of the Lord also have a language. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord think so. No, let the redeemed of the Lord. If you're redeemed, you ought to be saying it. If you're redeemed, you're not under the curse. If you're redeemed, you're not a poor person. Yeah, but I don't have a nickel to my name. But according to God's word, you are rich in him. The language of the redeemed says, I'm healed right in the face of apparent pain. Come on, somebody. Look at Romans chapter 12. To learn the language of the redeemed, something needs to happen to our mind. There needs to be a mind shift, a mind change. And that's why he said in Romans 12 too, he says, don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed. What does the word transformed mean? It means changed. By the renewing of your mind, not by the removal of your mind. The Lord did something with my spirit when I got born again, but it's my responsibility to present my body to him daily and to get in his word daily so that my mind can be renewed every day of my life. So he says, don't be conformed to this world. The mere fact that he told us not to be conformed to this world tells us that if we don't do something in this arena of our lives, the world will cause us to be conformed. And sooner or later, we'll just go down the same route and the same stream that the world is going. But I don't want to go down the same stream that the world is going because I've been down that stream and that stream ends in death. That stream ends in mental torment. That stream ends in poverty. I'm going with God. And that's why I've chosen, and you can choose to renew your mind. For we serve a shepherd that restores our soul. In the NLT, it says this don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you. How many of you want to let God transform you? Anybody need any changes in their lives? You know, we all need to be changed. Otherwise, why would he say that we're being changed and we're going from glory to glory? Not glory to glory. But we're being changed. We're not copying the behaviors and customs of this world. But God is transforming you into a new person. By changing the way that you think. If you'll change the way you think and start thinking the way God thinks about you, because God's word conveys his thoughts about you. And if you will think the thoughts of God and take it a step forward and speak the thoughts of God, I will guarantee you, you will be changed. You will be transformed. Your life will be completely different. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 6, I want you to turn over there. Somebody shout glory. glory. Don't let the world label you. Don't let the world name you what God has not named you. 
Romans 8, 6, it says this, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, what is it? So, a mindset that is based on the flesh, a mindset, if you will, that is based on the spirit of this world, a mindset that is conformed to this world produces death in our lives. And it's not just talking about spiritual death here, but it's talking about death in all of its forms. How many of you know that death has several forms to it? I mean, you can be alive, but you can be dead while you're living. I mean, you can be married, but your marriage can be dead. And so the Bible says, and it tells us very emphatically, that the carnal mind, in other words, a mind that is set upon the world and the flesh, connects you to those things. What you put your mind on, you open your spirit to. Say that with me. What I put my mind on, I open my spirit too. And so if my mind is on the things of this world, eventually worldly thinking and even worldly living can get down on the inside of me. And you can be a Christian and live like the world. You don't want to be a Christian and live like the world. Because living like the world produces death. But living in the word produces life. What you put your mind on, you open your spirit to. question I have for you today is what are you spending your time thinking on? What are you spending your time doing during the day? Are you on cruise control and just letting anything come into your mind? You got to be careful about that because the production of that is not life, it is death. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded. A spiritually minded person is a person who connects his mind to the things of God. A spiritually minded person is a person that is connected to the word of God. And to the things of God. What are you? And who are you connecting with? Say it again. What I open my mind to, I open my spirit to. Now, it's no mystery. God tells you and I what to think on. You're going to present it, be presented with all sorts of thoughts of doubt and fear. Why? Because it's all around you. But look with me at Philippians 4, 8. This is a great verse of scripture. And it's not just a pretty scripture. It's something we should be doing. Say it with me, I'm not just a hearer of the word, but I am a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. Now, if we had time, we could look at this whole chapter, but he sums up what he's saying. Because in verse six, he says, don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse seven says, in the peace of God. 
shall keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. And then he says in verse 8, finally. Finally, brethren. And this belongs to the sister too. Finally, brethren. Whatsoever things are true. This is God's list. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are what? A good report. If there be any virtue, I dare say there's virtue in thinking on things which are true, honest, just, lovely, and good report. In other words, there is a power that is released in your life. There is virtue that comes on the scene and ministers to your soul. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Now notice this. He says, think. Think. On what? On these things. Anybody can think on bad reports. Anybody can think on lies. But it takes discipline to think the thoughts of Almighty God. Say it with me. By God's grace, grace. I'm thinking thinking. His thoughts thoughts. every day. day. Listen to this statement. In order to think on the right things, it's important that we filter what we watch, what we read, and what we listen to. Don't let the enemy deceive you into lowering your standards and desensitizing you to what is good and pure. God says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But he has chosen to reveal his thoughts to us in the word of God. Man, I don't know if that helps you like it helps me. I can look in the word of God and I have his thoughts. He says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts of peace, thoughts of welfare, thoughts of hope to give you an expected end. God's saying to us today, I don't see you as you are in the natural according to the flesh. I see you As you are in me. You are in me. And I am in you. You are in Christ. And Christ is in you. That's the way God sees you. He doesn't see you failing. He sees you as a new creation. Created in his image and his likeness. He sees you succeeding. How are you seeing yourself? Look at me at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Say this with me. I'm finding his thoughts. I'm thinking his thoughts. And I'm speaking the thoughts of God. You can change the whole course of your life by looking at the promises of God in the new covenant. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 it says, But we all, that means you and us and all of us and 
But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Every time you open the Bible and you look at the new covenant, you are beholding the glory of God. As we do that, the Bible says that we are changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, it's true. What you behold is what you will become. Jesus said that if you get in the Word of God and if you stay in the Word of God, that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Look into this glorious law of liberty and see who you really are. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 that I am His workmanship. Which literally means that I'm the handiwork of God. That you are the handiwork of God. Created in Christ Jesus. Let's read verse 10 together. Ready, read. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. On the good works which God has before ordained. Should walk in it. Walk in this new creation reality. Walk in the light of your redemption. Walk in the light that you've already been blessed. See, we don't have to pray like Jabez prayed. Lord, bless me indeed. Our crying out to God and our declaration to God is lifting up our voice and saying, We have been blessed. And we are fighting the good fight of faith. And we are holding our ground. Because the devil will come along and tell you, you're not blessed. You're cursed. Look what's happening in your life. But that's where the fight lies. That You hold your ground. You stand steady by holding fast the confession of your faith. No, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. As for me and my house, we're blessed. Matter of fact, we're blessed in the city and we're blessed in the field. We're blessed coming in and we're blessed going out. God has not made us the tail. He's made us the head and not the tail. We are above only and we shall not be beneath. We are blessed. Say that real strong. I'm blessed. I am blessed. Glory to God. Blessed for what? Blessed to be a blessing. I love Psalm 68, 19. It says, blessed be the Lord God who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Come to grips with this fact that we don't really need to cry out for favor. Favor is already ours. The Bible says he'll encompass us as with a shield and that he's given us favor with himself and favor with man You are a favorite of his. Amen. And you know what? Jabez prayed that you would deliver me from evil. And you know what? That's a good thing to pray. But if you really look into the perfect law of liberty, you've already been delivered. Look over at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Colossians, the first chapter, the 13th verse says this. He says, who has? Is this something he's about to do? What has he already done? He's already delivered you from alcoholism. So put the bottle away. He's already delivered you from smoking cigarettes. 
So flush him down the toilet. He's already delivered you. I don't have to pray for deliverance. All I need to do is realize that he has done it and walk in it and rejoice in the fact that there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. That there is nothing of death that is going to hold me down from the life of God that's on the inside of me. There is no sickness that's going to put me in an early grave because I've already been delivered from sickness. Come on, somebody. You need to help me out just a little bit this morning. I know it's the 9 a.m. service, but I'm here to shout it from the mountaintops and shout it from the housetops. I have been delivered. You've been delivered. Stop struggling with deliverance. Stop going to people praying and asking for prayer. Will you deliver me? No, we have a deliverer on the inside of us who has delivered us, who is delivering us, and who will yet deliver us. Woo, glory. Amen. Delivered from depression. Delivered from oppression. Delivered from Blue Mondays. Colossians 1.13, let's look at it again. Hallelujah. Look at three people and say, I've been delivered. Look at the person on the right that came with an attitude and said, have you? <laughs> Amen. You've been delivered. Stop wasting time looking to be delivered. Walk in the deliverance that's already been bought and paid for you. Look at Colossians 1.13. Read it with me. Read it with some vim, will you, this morning? Verse 13, come on. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness. Now that's shouting ground on two places. You're out of darkness, but you're not just out of darkness. You've been brought into the kingdom of God. And this kingdom is not a kingdom of depression and addiction. This is a kingdom where the king has broken the power of addiction. He's broken the power of depression. This kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? It's in the Holy Ghost. All of your answers. All of your blessing. It's in the kingdom of God. So we don't cry out to be blessed and to be kept from evil. We just lift up our voice and cry out and declare what his word says about us. We fight the good fight of faith to maintain and hold fast our position of victory. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Hold fast these truths that you're hearing today. Don't let the word label you. Label yourself. Well, how do I put a label on myself? Well, God's already done it, but you've got to recognize what God has labeled you. And the way that you recognize what God has labeled you and what God has called you is you acknowledge it. You own up to it. You confess it. You declare it. Philemon says, 
that the communication of our faith may become divinely energized by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in us, in Christ Jesus. Woo, glory. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. Come on now. You got a great high priest. He's not some sort of wimpy, emaciated, religious Lord. He's a great high priest. He suffered a great death and he came up greatly out of the grave. And resurrected from the dead. He's a great high priest. He's a great intercessor. He's a great mediator. He's a great strengthener. He's a great healer. He's a great deliverer. (laughs) So seeing then. That we've already got one. That has passed in the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Here's our part. Let us hold fast our confession. In other words. Let us hold fast. To what God has labeled us as. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm holding fast to my confession. How many of you, your, your, your tongue just wants to say what it wants to say. But you've got to keep that tongue in subjection. You've got to have a word with your tongue. Tongue? Let's look at John 10.10. 10. Hallelujah. So the truth is, don't label yourself what the world's labeled you. You're better than that. You're bigger than that because you serve a better God. You serve a bigger God and you have a better covenant established upon better promises. And he promises to give you a better life. Better by far. John 10, 10 in the Amplified. Just shouting ground here too. Let's read it. The thief comes only in order to steal So once your mind is renewed, who knocks on the door of the city of your soul trying to rob it from you? It's the devil. He's a liar. But here's what Jesus came to do. Read it. Okay, let's get more in unity now. You're doing all right. You're doing pretty good. Some of you need another cup of coffee, but it's I ate. I need another cup of coffee. Make it a double, Jesus. All right. Let's read it together. I came that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. (laughs) Yeah. So here it is. Jesus came all the way from heaven to bring you deliverance. When he came... He came for you. When he died, he died for you. When he rose, he rose for you. And just like Jabez did, and what we can learn from Jabez is this, is we can draw near to God. We can learn to be tenacious like Jabez and hurl off those labels. And draw near to God. And press in. And if you will, touch the hem of his garment. Refuse to be stopped in your life or discouraged. God wants you to have the abundant kind of life. He said, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen? Amen. Man alive, I'm telling you. If you would just say the same thing about you that God said about you. 
it would change your life forever.